is Alma and Pastor Jeff with the Weekend Extra, and we are in the series, The Gospel, and you talked with us tonight and shared with us a prayer that we, mm-hmm. that you thought would be great, and then you broke it down into segments, Right. and tonight was the first part of that prayer, and um, for those that haven't, you know, got to hear it yet, or just as a refresher, um, it was, Jesus, grant me the faith to trust that there is nothing I can do that would make you love me more and nothing I have done that will make you love me less. Right, right. And that's like really powerful to think about, you know, and for people to get like a grasp around it and understand what that prayer means, that section of the prayer. Mm -hmm. So one of my questions was, tell me if I'm correct in my thinking. Um, Am I correct in restating tonight's message as a way to shift our thinking away from a worldly view? of pride and shame to a heavenly perspective of love and grace in order to reset thoughts to guide us to richer prayers and relationships with others. Yeah, I I think you are correct in that. And that that prayer, so the idea for that prayer uh, originally came from a pastor named uh, J.D. uh, J.D. Greer, and uh, he wrote a book called The Gospel, and in that book he wrote a gospel prayer, and I took his prayer and kind of restated it in my own words a little bit to teach it to our church. Uh, that book, by the way, I highly recommend. You should grab it if you like to read. Uh, but the idea of that prayer is to orient us, right? So it's not the magic about the prayer. It's not like a, a secret prayer kind of a thing. Right. But it's to get our get our mind kind of moving in the right direction when it comes to the gospel and our relationship with God, and this idea that He can't love me more, He will not love me less. And then your question is exactly that: that if we could, and I think it's a it's a work of the Holy Spirit. I don't think that we can like talk ourselves into this, rationalize our way into it. Um, but God could teach it to us and help us to understand it. And if we could make that transition where I'm living under God's acceptance, love, grace, and compassion, as opposed to under his wrath, his judgment, and, and our, like our fear of his holiness, when we accept Christ as our Savior— uh, he gave, you know, we, we talked about Paul's writing this weekend, that he gave him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. That transition, what theologians often call the great exchange, the 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 fancy theological word for it is imputation. Mm-hmm. So it's that God looks at me as the righteous one, and on the cross he looked at Christ as the sinful one. So God's view of me as a Christ follower is not one of a debtor. It's not one of like, I'm trying to get to heaven somehow, or, you know, I'm doing enough good things, maybe I'll get there one day. God's view of me as a Christ follower is as a fully accepted and loved son or daughter. And all of the blessings, spiritual blessings, and all of the wonder and all the righteousness of following Christ are given to me. Now, unfortunately, a lot of times that truth I just said has been taught in the vein of prosperity gospel, which I think is a, is a false gospel, which would say God wants to make you healthy, wealthy, rich, and famous. It's not at all what the Bible's talking about. Saying spiritually, spiritually I'm wealthy, 
spiritually, I'm spiritually healthy. I'm right with God, righteousness. I'm right with God. And then spiritually, there's no condemnation. My sin is not held against me because of the work of Christ. And when I, if I could shift paradigms, you know, if I could, if I could shift from the, I don't know who God is. He might be mad at me. I'm not sure, and so I better somehow like do the religious good luck thing, and move over to I'm fully accepted. I'm fully loved. And what I do for God, I do from love, not for love, right? So I am accepted and blessed. And so whether I'm serving, I'm giving, I'm sacrificing, I'm enjoying the life God's given me, it's all in that secure position. It's life-changing. It really is life-changing. And, and it's a place of, when we talk about like joy and security and hope and fulfillment, it comes from that identity. It doesn't come from this one over here. So it is a different paradigm. And, and I think what happens in this is, uh, I think part of the reasons why uh, pastors, churches don't talk about this a ton, it's hard to talk about. Right. And I think what happens is you run out of words. And really the work of the Holy Spirit has to take over. Like God, you know, one of the things the Holy Spirit does is help us to understand the scriptures. So this is a supernatural thing. It's not a natural thing. I can't just describe it, you right. know, and you be like, oh, now I fully understand. You know, this just doesn't work that way. Right. But the Holy Spirit can teach it to us and can remind us of it and can renew our mind in it so that we, we're actually living in the relationship God has called us to live in. And to me, th- this is the transforming power of the gospel. You know, the gospel is not a set of information that gets us to heaven, you know, um, the gospel is a relationship with God that transforms everything about us, and uh, and it's wonderful and rich and powerful. But it starts there. I, the reason I started the prayer that way, and I think JD JD's prayer is it's kind of similar. I I changed it quite a bit, but it's it's pretty similar, especially the second part of it. The reason you start there is because it's almost unbelievable to us that God would love us unconditionally. So I have to have faith that he actually does that, right. and then I have to trust him because I won't feel that way a lot. Right. You know? I was going to say, when you read this, I was like, no matter what your sin is, it's hard to believe that God forgave my sin, even though sometimes it's harder for you to forgive your sin right. than you did. But to think that, wow, God God really did forgive my sin. And, and, and it's powerful. And does forgive your sin. Right. You know, you were made... So there's this theological word called sanctification. So I, when I accept Christ, I'm, I'm sanctified, I'm made pure, and then I'm being sanctified. I'm being made more and more like Christ, and then when I get to heaven, I'll be fully sanctified. We won't wrestle with sin anymore. Right. But that whole process is a relational process. That's not a, man, if I, get, if I quit smoke and drink and chew and date girls who do, if I get sanctified enough, then maybe I'll make it to heaven. It's like, no, you're in. Now I want to be like Christ. I want to experience the power of the resurrection in my own life. I want that transformation. And then in heaven, my heart's desire is fully realized because sin is, is defeated completely in my life. I won't struggle with it anymore. So it's, just, it's, it's really powerful. It's really wonderful. And it's not, um, it's not like five ways to get through your day better, you know, I, it, there's principles in the Bible that are helpful in those things, you know, but 
this is the deep down core stuff that that really causes a Christ follower to be somebody different, to be born to that the ramifications of being reborn, you know, yeah. are really tied to that. So it's it's awesome stuff. It is. Thank you for sharing that prayer and we're just just getting started with it we have more to go to so stay tuned and again this is alma and pastor jeff with the weekend extra